yeah, you don't have to do anything. Like just know even your lower choices are serving a purpose to get you to learn something and heal something. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks. Come from a different cloth, y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate. I put my eggs in the basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the top 1% globally ranked podcast, Decoding Success. You're rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, as we welcome our friend Kyle Cease to the show. Now, before introducing you or even reintroducing you to Kyle, what we're diving into today and all of that good stuff, we want to express our gratitude for you choosing our show and the wisdom, the experiences, the knowledge, and all else that we amplify here. So thank you for choosing you today by diving into a pod versus playing Tetris or listening to music or anything else. Thank you for showing up for you. And as always, I say this all the time, There's a reason for you being right here, right now with us. So open yourself up to the idea in the next hour that your day, your mood, your life can be cracked open for the better. Welcome growth, the opportunities, the awakenings, and all else into your life. And on that note, we're diving into a deep conversation here with a truly great individual. Our friend Kyle is so amazing. So excited to share with you what Kyle and I discussed on this episode, which includes sharing the three levels of life. This was something that I've never heard in 30 years of life. So I appreciate Kyle sharing it, and I'm not going to give them away right now, but be mindful of this mid-episode and try to find out or identify with which level you are currently in. There's no judgment as to where you are, but this can help you make shifts if you feel like you want to, or if you feel like you're called to. We're also going to be talking about fears. Kyle had suicidal anxiety at one point. He was even scared to walk for months of his life because he had a fear of fainting. He's talking about how he overcomes his fears, how he previously did so. And I'm going to let you know, transparently, this resonated with me on such a high level because I'm overcoming disordered anxiety with a lot of fears around that. Furthermore, we're diving into choosing the familiar, choosing our familiar patterns in our lives versus what we're being called to do, right? And choosing that. Again, this convo is so deep, so be ready for it. So much more in this episode as well. Again, excited and grateful to have you rocking with us here today. You're here for a reason. Spread that reason with the people in your life by sharing this episode. There's someone, I promise you, there is someone in your life that can use this too. And without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Kyle Cease. Kyle, welcome to Decoding Success. Your famous water has to get a frame there. (laughs) I appreciate you joining. I appreciate what you put out into the world. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me, brother. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Now, I don't know the answer to this question yet, but how are you? You know, it's interesting because one of the things we do when people ask how we are is we talk very circumstantially and we don't talk about what we're feeling. Like it'll be like, I'm annoyed because this guy at work or I'm feeling triggered because, and the second you go, because you're leaving what's here. And I love to just answer that with, even if it's an open-ended answer of confusion, like if someone says nervous, usually people go, so why are you nervous? And it's just like, no, no, we're just holding space for that. I feel present. I feel connected. I feel grateful. And yeah, I'm happy to be with you today. Just truly, truly here. So let me ask you a question just for clarity here. You said, and this is how I interpreted it. You said when you open the door by using the word because that pulls you away from here. Now is here now present? Is that what that is? Yeah. So like if I say to you, okay, I got, let's say I have two different guys that had the same circumstance. Okay. If I say this guy's upset, what are we focusing on? His upset, his emotion. 
is emotion. If I said, this guy's upset because someone cut him off at work on the way to work, right? What, what are we focusing on? Why he was upset. The, yeah. Why he was upset. So we're actually bailing on the inner child the second we come up with a reason. And the reason actually isn't why he's upset. Otherwise, we'd all be triggered by the exact same thing, right? We'd all have the exact same opinion on the president or the exact same opinion on whatever, what's going on in the world. But yet we all have different ones. Why is that? Because the factor of what we feel is nothing to do with outside. That just triggers what's inside. In um, 2020, I kind of feel like the universe created this space for us to go deeper in ourselves. Like we had our lives good enough up until 2020. In some cases, obviously not everybody, but you might have had a mediocre enough job or decent enough relationship or the ability to travel or just go to any restaurant you want to not have to look within. And then life kind of scrambled the patterns and it said, let's go deeper. And I feel like self-help up until 2020 offered a lot of thinking positive, which was fantastic, but there's an avoidance of the negative. And there's avoidance of presence and love and space for the negative energy. And so sometimes people are like, I'm going to just focus on being rich. And the point is because being broke is bad. But if you could be present for the energy that's scared to be broke, which might be tied to some story in your childhood that if I'm broke, I'm a failure to my dad or something, you end up healing the core wounds. So... For me, I am equally excited about bringing love to the energy in our body that we perceive as darkness. The real factor of what causes it to be darkness is our not looking at it. It's just unseenness. So in the old days in self-help, if you said, I feel unworthy, you could go to a motivational thing and you're going to become worthy. Today, I hold the space and go, I tell people to say to the energy in the body, you're allowed to feel unworthy in my body. Like I'm just letting you feel unworthy and still loving you, right? You're allowed to feel abused. You're allowed to feel abandoned. You're allowed to feel unloved. This causes very often the energy to not be resisted anymore or fixed. And it starts to come up. And I did a lot of one-on-ones and on my membership site, like 2000 total calls, right? And... I noticed that when we bring in, it's okay if you feel like a failure, it's okay if you feel lost, it's okay if you feel unseen, those patterns leave. They come up gradually and they sometimes take time, but every single tear is the release of a false you. So it's very important to me, the presence for the energies that we usually perceive as bad because you're here on this planet to learn love. And if you learn love, it goes, okay, I want you to love the energy that you're trying to avoid, that you learned you should avoid when you you were a kid because you as a child needed to survive, right? But now you're a grown up, right? So it's weird because I just made a video about this today. As a grown up, we say that person abandoned me, but as a grown up, no one can abandon you. And let me explain. As a child, if a parent leaves you at the store, that's abandoning because the child doesn't literally know how to make money or survive or protect themselves. Sure. Right. But when you're a grown up, it's only your lack of connection to yourself that puts on expectations on other people to not abandon you. Now, I'm not saying we don't still create choices and get into relationships and make friends and stuff like that. And there isn't, I'm not saying there isn't pain when someone just disappears. But as a grown up, if your connection is to source first and you bring that into your other connections, then you're not a victim to what everyone else does all the time. And I believe that's the, that if you are constantly saying, you're a victim to it. You're still the child in a grown-up's body. All right. There's a lot to unpack here. A yeah. lot. I, I want to go to something, a quote that you just dropped. Every single tear is the release of a false you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. Man to man right now, I cried the last three days. Today was actually an ugly cry. And that 
feels very synchronistic, which is why I want to touch on it first. And yes, I'm being selfish right now. No, that's fine. <laughs> Let's talk about it. What does that mean? Every single tear is the release of a false you. Like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, by the way, I will say I'm not necessarily saying that like if you just watch a movie and it makes you cry that that is. It's more like as you move into a higher you, I find for me at least and m- almost every client that I worked with in the last few years, in the last 13 years, that you have a you that you created with your parents in order to survive. And that you goes, okay, like I need to be quiet when dad comes home for some people, or I need to get everything done. Otherwise I'll be shamed into the wall. You know, I got to keep everything together. Otherwise my mom goes crazy, right? These are the patterns, right? For 20 years. And then you unconsciously think that's you, but that was a bunch of stuff that just happened to you, right? Now, often in the first phase of being a grown up, we are very used to finding things that look like our childhood. So we keep staying the same and not having to purge the conditioning that we created as a child, right? So you will start to date people that feel like home, that feel like your family, that feel like, you know, if you had a dad that never listened to you, you'll start to become attracted to men that never listened to you. If you have a mom that, you know, was cynical about who you are, then you were like, I was attracted to women that were like, well, we'll see if it becomes something like this very, what I felt like, oh, this, this woman doesn't believe in me. And I'm, you know, I can convince her to, and then I can heal my wounds with my mom through this woman. That's how the ego works, right? Now, if you end up choosing something that's higher than those patterns, then the patterns aren't running this anymore, right? So think about that. Like if you're like, what should I do? Let's say you're in between two choices of, I don't know, careers. And you're like, this one feels like home, but it's familiar. It's not stimulating me. It's just a comfort level, right? This one is not like the story of me. This one is calling me, but I don't believe I can do it. You're wrong about that. This calling is that it is you and the believing I can't do it is the pattern, right? Now, if you say yes to it, you're not listening to the pattern anymore. You're listening to a higher calling and you're becoming the calling. If you don't listen to it and you listen to the fear, then the pattern, the story you became came as a child to protect yourself is now in charge. I find that every time I choose something that's higher than what I know the pattern is, then the pattern no longer serves me. And very, very often I end up crying a lot out. Right. And then it's it, even though there's more there, whatever I cry out is permanently gone. And it starts to almost like it's acclimating me to moving from this calling being this high, scary thing to this is just me. And the energies that say I have this fear I have this stage fright or I have this, you know, fear of commitment or I have this fear of I'm codependent or avoidant or whatever else. They aren't running you now because you're choosing a higher thing. So they're no longer useful and you're you can still be in this higher frequency and see these lower frequencies of fear and limitation and acknowledge them and love them. And I find they never leave until you finally accept them. Most people try to get rid of them. How do I get this pattern out of my body? I'm trying to figure out where it came from. That's like trying to go to the bathroom, but before you sit down, needing to know the history of what you're about to let go of. It's like, what food was this? Where did it come from? Did my grandpa also eat this? Do I go to a past steak regressionist? Like you don't need to figure out its history. It's trying to come out, right? So when it comes out, I find for me, it comes out through, it can come out through laughter. It can come out through a lot of different things. But for me, it's almost always tears. And maybe in the next phase of my life, it'll be less tears, but it's shedding for me. And right now I'm in the middle of shedding for me an attachment to my mom that I thought up until very recently was me. And the attachment came from so many wonderful things about my mom. But one aspect of my mom that was very interesting was my mom 
often was very worried I would get hurt with specific things. So like football, you could get paralyzed. You know, I got a convertible once and she said, you'll get decapitated. I was going to do it. Why? She was worried about a tsunami. And my mom was very caring and concerned. And it was a very sweet thing that she was checking in on that. But I was bonded with her and she was like a best friend and everything she said was the truth to me. So every fear she had was stored in my body. Right. And I recently got into doing jujitsu. And the first few times I did it, I could just, you know, I'm being put in chokeholds and I could hear all of her. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. But I still kept going and I kept going so much that the fear, it lost its grip. And I'm noticing that it's been coming out. And maybe about a month ago, I put out a video called The Funeral. And it's a video I'm so proud of about crying out all of it and not crying out to get to another side, like to get to oneness or to find your higher self, but really having like a funeral for the patterns that protected you all the way up until now. And I spent like a couple weeks in that time crying everything out. And then I got this incredible calling to really start going to jujitsu. So the combination of I'm going more and now I'm feeling this me that's like protective and strong and in a higher integrity with myself that I've never felt before. And I'm suddenly like I switched from a Tesla to a pickup truck. I'm not kidding. I switched from raw vegan to almost carnivore right now. Like I I'm now helping Operation Underground Railroad rescue traffic children. And we've raised over a half a million dollars for them so far. And I'm going to go with them to different things that they do. And that's not, if you told me three years ago that was coming, hey, you're going to be doing jujitsu a ton and you're actually going to get decent at it. And you're going to be like boundaried and protective. And you're going to be a better listener and a higher integrity and a better father. A lot of those things, and you're going to be a carnivore like there, and you're not going to want the Tesla anymore. There's a lot of things I'd be like, are you serious? Like, that's not like me. It's almost like the conditioning patterns in my body were buying the car and eating the food and whatever else. And as I, I say yes to some little glimpse of a higher thing, the patterns that no longer serve me have to leave. They're not being listened to anymore. They're being heard and loved, but not that they don't run the show now. Does that make sense? That makes a ton of sense. And I just wanted to say thank you because going back to that quote on tears, what you had elaborated on very much so resonates. Particularly today, the reason I found myself in tears is because I know I need to make a decision that is more aligned with my higher self, mm. but it's less comfortable to do so. And it's scary as fuck. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question, which is how do we move past that discomfort of choosing our higher self, which is a decision that supports who we are destined to come? Well, I have a thought for you that came up for me when you said that, if you don't mind me honoring something. We're was talking. Yeah, let's do it. The part of you that has to choose that decision, right? I, I hear that it's there and I hear there's a, a higher calling that's calling you. Also, I think there's a reason it's been delayed for a second. Okay. And the reason is there's an energy under it that still needs to be seen and acknowledged. It's almost like it's making sure you don't just kind of water ski on top of the ocean of you and make a new decision. It's like, there's a thing under this that wants to be seen before we step. So for instance, let's say you're leaving a relationship that didn't align, but you're entering a new one, right? And you're like, I got to get in this. And it's like, well, maybe there's a little bit more grieving of this last one. So you don't bring that into the next one, right? Maybe there's a little bit of a goodbye to what the old you was that's trying to just be seen. And then it won't even be a forced decision as much as a just natural next step. Because I could feel like it almost felt like I have to. I just hear the energy of almost a warden 
button that's very, you know, I have a lot of clients, thanks to old self-help that at one point did serve a purpose. There's a lot of old self-help that had don't die with your music left in you. And that's really fantastic advice. And it really serves a great purpose. I notice now the shadow to that is I get a lot of clients that are scared that they wasted their life and they have to write a book right away. Otherwise, they're not enough. And I'm not saying that's yours, but I almost heard it not be a calling and they think it is, but like this warden that's like, you better not waste your life. And I would have them actually say, this sounds like passivity and it sounds like you got to understand this the right way because it actually is more empowering. But I have them say, you're allowed to waste your life in my body. Because this older self-help paradigm that's like, you can't, you better not, we got to prove them wrong, really is all making decisions out of still what other people think, not wasting your life. These are fear thoughts. And what we don't understand when we cry these things out a little bit, the higher you gives you next steps that are passions. And you're not in a place of, I have have to, you're in a place of, I want to, but it's like, I don't even know why, but I want to, you know, and there's something calling me that's trying to take me to a whole new world that I don't understand. And I want to know what that is. And I want to discover what I am. Right. So I find a lot of clients or people that I work with have a lot of, I have to, I have to hurry up and get this done. I have to, I have to, I have to. And when you're moving with source, it goes, yeah, you don't have to do anything. Like just know even your lower choices are serving a purpose to get you to learn something and heal something. So maybe it's trying to even, maybe it didn't happen yet. So you could kill the I have to energy and just gently switch to the higher when it's a natural thing versus some energy. Because if I asked you to fill in this blank, I have to pick a higher decision because if I don't, I am blank. What would come up for you? So I am an open book on the show and I will fill you in exactly on why I said I have to. Okay. Um, I am in the process of recovering from disordered anxiety. So there's a protocol. Yeah, there's a protocol that I'm following, which is why I use the verbatim, I have to. Mm, Um, I see. And this all ties in, like it very much so ties in because I have chose the pattern for quite some time to avoid the fear, mm-hmm. right? To avoid the fear, which could be bodily sensations that come up or whatever it is, right? So that's why I said I have to, because I I mean, do I have to? No, I can sit on my ass all weekend and not do the shit that's scaring me, but then I'll also be on my couch all weekend, not doing life, right? Mm-hmm. That's no way to live in my opinion. So, so is the is the I have to, if I don't, then I would have anxiety again? Um, well, no. It's the I have to is linked more so to wanting to get out on the other side, right? Okay. Like yes. Wanting to be on the other side of it. it it's I mean, listen, we all have anxiety. It's, an, it's a natural bodily reaction, right? Mine just so happens to be triggered at the wrong times, which is fine. You know, working on it, work in progress. But like I said, if I know what I have to do or if we know what we have to do and we choose not to do it, is that a way to live, you know? Right. Well, for me, there's two types of haves. Like I have to go do jujitsu and I better or else there's a problem. Right. Sure. Understand that. So I would say this, I would say that one of the things I weirdly talked about on my membership last night was someone asked about, I talk a lot about transcending guilt because there's a level where staying feeling guilty is your way of preventing your own ascension. But also at one level of consciousness, how important guilt is. It's a weird thing. Like imagine that there's three levels, right? So let's say you have an addiction, right? You're a major alcoholic, right? You Maybe you need guilt and to see how you 
have been behaving or what life you're living or who you're hurting, right? So that guilt stops you from it and can be very helpful in getting you to go, I got to stop this. It's very necessary. But I also notice as people go up to an even higher consciousness, which is where they're more in a frequency of following their own calling, it's almost like I kind of feel like the three levels are this too. The life I don't want, the life I do want, and the life God wants for me. Okay. The life I don't want is like, I work at a place I don't want to work or I can't get a relationship, you know, whatever. The life I do want is I get whatever, the dream person or I'm living in Hollywood making movies or whatever. It's the dream life. Then there's the life God wants for you. For me, that entails following gently callings, mourning out the parts of me that we're trying to control things and almost moving into an aspect of true surrender that's not denial-based surrender because a level one trying to do this is denial-based surrender. They're still full of all the addictions, right? So on a level two, it's like you need that you go from the I'm a mess to I see I'm a mess and I stop it. But when people go to a level three, meaning like they're, they're really moving from a guidance system now, sometimes they're scared to let go of guilt because the belief at level three is if I let go of the guilt, then I'm going to do the actions at level one, right? But if you're at level three, it's like more like ladder rungs. It's like you're on this ladder. You need guilt to see this. But now we're going to this one. Let go of the guilt. I'm moving you up, right? So if the have, one of the things I would say, I don't know in the realm of what you're doing. I don't know if you know, I had suicidal level anxiety. That's what started this whole thing. Yeah. And one of the things I've learned is I've had to say to myself from a level three consciousness, you're allowed to have anxiety in my body. Mm-hmm. Meaning like instead of me fixing it, loving it, learning to accept it. Because one of the biggest parts of what creates anxiety is trying to stop it. And in fact, that creates the extra layer. I can't stop thinking about this and it never stops. And it becomes this total speedball and turns into panic attacks. And I went through a phase where I couldn't even walk for several months because I had a fear that I would faint in 2006 or five or whatever it was. And I learned that by at one level, it's change your thinking. It's like this kind of motivational stage. But at one level, it's like, it's not me that has anxiety. It's a pattern. It's protection that can't protect. But that's because because it believes that the childhood wounds that he had are going to happen now. Like if I don't get this thing done or I don't do this right, dad'll hit me again. Yet now you're grown up and not living with dad, right? And so the pattern's got all these things and the way that it gets out of it is through presence and allowing. You're allowed to have anxiety in my body. You're allowed to be totally lost. And and because the you that's here isn't lost. The you that's here is present and you're just sitting in a chair. It's a pattern that has anxiety and goes, "We got to and then another pattern goes, "We got to fix this because another pattern is like, we better, because otherwise I'll live my life just wasting my life on the couch, right? Or whatever. But that also could be known as resting, but resting judged can be called laziness. Yet I think one of the most productive things a ton of us could do on this planet is sit with no phone and do nothing for several hours. Like God will just slowly start coming in and be like, okay, this is why that's here. We just love this. You're just, okay, there's some pain in the stomach. It's seen. And then the act of seeing it causes it to leave. Right. So it's almost like if you're at a third level of consciousness, which I would assume based on who your guests have been and you wanting to do an interview here, that you're at a high consciousness. So I find sometimes we're at a place of like oneness, but we're using a lower vibration of motivation to overcome the part of us that is suffering. And so we try to egoically will our way out of something. But the real issue is, and this is where people might be triggered. They have to hear this the right way. The issue doesn't actually exist. We just defend that it does. We just keep living as if we're that, right? But if you're here and you're just 
and everything. My whole career might fall and that's fine. No one will like me. That's fine. I don't know how to whatever. No one's going to love me ever again. That's totally fine. I hear you. I love you. This energy loses its grip when we're not catering to the thought as true. Because if the energy says, I'm totally worried that, and then we go fix it, we're actually saying the energy, this fear is accurate, right? Like if someone said, you know, hey, you might be a murderer and you spent all day trying to prove you're not, they'd be like, I knew you were because you're, do you get what I'm saying? You're, I get it. I get it wholeheartedly, a hundred percent. If you're just like, that's crazy talk, like they're, you know, right. You know, so the energy that's saying the ridiculous things is what we're, it's life is trying to get us to stop identifying with that pattern that has the anxiety and identify with the space that's right here. That's an yeah. unconditional love for that pattern. hundred percent. How do we gain that radical acceptance though? Like that, you know, it, it's, I mean, we don't want certain things in our life. Like who yeah. wants to feel anxiety? Who wants to feel upset or depressed or well, it's unconscious. Yeah. How do we well, accept it? One way is to not be all or nothing about it. Like you'll notice it's very easy to accept something in this moment, right? Even if it like you go, I feel off and that's fine, right? You only have the moment, but sometimes a way that we even deflect that what's here right now is we go, how do I get to the end of this problem? And then you're in this linear timeline that's like over here. And it's like, literally just like, what do I feel right now? I feel depressed. You're allowed to feel depressed in my body, right? The, the depression's never heard that it's loved and accepted, even if it's here, right? We're always trying to go, not you, that darkness, you get out of here. We're here to get to some outcome that my ego has measured as the only truth. Meanwhile, it's totally God doing everything it can to heal the stuff inside you. And that's the beauty of 2020 through now in that it's going all the dark crap in our body is coming to light and all the dark crap in the world is coming to light. All the like, I mean, the same government we knew of 10 years ago is turning out to be totally corrupt. It's totally not good people. And you're like, oh, the media is not who I thought they were. And we're losing our authority on everything outside of us. And we're starting to actually be faced with ourselves. And then once we let go of our grip on the outside, then it goes, okay, now let this come up, this unseen energy and all these different things. So a way to accept it is to just, first of all, understand you're only now, you can't go into the future. So undo the long timeline. In other words, if you're about to hike up a mountain, don't look up the whole mountain and go, can I do this? Just take one step, right? And then you take one step and go, well, I, I can for sure go here. I can do this next foot, right? And then you walk another foot. And then every time you look at the whole thing, that's enough permission for you to stop moving forward, right? It, you know, it's that moment when your mom goes, you have to clean the whole house. And it's just like, now it's too much for me to even start at all. But like the way really the universe works is it just goes now, 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 what do I feel right now? So if I said to you, Matt, what do you feel right now? What would you say? I would say I feel slightly anticipatory toward things that are coming up. And that's an honest answer. Yeah. Could you say, could you take out things that are coming up for a second? I'm holding an old thing that if you saw a white thing fall, it's the carton milk. Anyway, so take out of things coming up for a second. Okay. This goes back okay. to what we talked about earlier. That's the because. Yeah. Right. Because of my focus is on what's coming up and that, and by the way, your that's coming up, your thing that that's coming up is in the way, right. Of hearing it right? It's going, look at me, not what's coming up. So okay. if you said this, you feel anticipatory. And I said to you, 
Say this out loud, Matt. If you say to the energy in your body, you're allowed to feel anticipatory in my body. You're allowed to feel anticipatory in my body. Yeah. Now take a deep breath in and receive it because you're only here, right? There's nothing in the future. There will just be now again, but the you that's healing now will be much better at handling it as it happens, right? So, and this is more in my eyes, more urgent to look at because otherwise you have wrapped fear dealing with the world. Yeah. Some five-year-old that doesn't want dad to leave is dealing with the world. Yeah. What I mean, when we're like 40, <laughs> right? No, for sure. Yeah. For sure. What'd you feel this. when you said that, if anything? I felt my shoulders drop, number one. So I felt that physically. On the second breath, I mean, I love turning to my breath. Do I do it as often as I should? Probably not. But the second breath, there was a sense of relief. I've been living in this anticipatory state for like the entire day. So like just taking that quick little moment, especially in this moment was very refreshing, but noticeable right away. The, the shoulders drop. I'm like this all the time. Although I might not look like this all the time. I feel like that all the time. So that was nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And then you're going to go through more of it comes up, right? This is like going to the gym. It's going to take days, but we get present. We don't get, what do I do? You're also now in a phase of your life, probably that's switching you from your love for what you do to what, this is what I think we're all in. We're love for period. Just we're loved. Love. Yeah. Right. Like, like the old idea that we learn from our parents often is your love for what you do. You better show me straight A's or you better become a lawyer like me or whatever. And so we're like, I get approval for what I do. And imagine that the universe is like, yeah, there's a reason that everyone keeps starting projects and stopping right now because the what do I do lie is too loud for them to follow it. And so it's forcing us to get more and more here and realize we're loved because we exist. Like we're worthy. As Bashar said, we're worthy because we exist, you know, and your existence is also enough. Now people go, well, then I won't do anything. No, no, no. What you do won't be out of have to or fear. It'll be this exponential elevator versus living on the floor of have have to. And I promise there's better stuff. There's way more abundance there. Your acceptance is also trying to take you to more money, more joy, different angles that you couldn't see, right? Absolutely. Imagine if I had a have to about this interview and I was like, I got to say this, I got to say this, I got to say this right. How much less flow would be here and how much the universe wouldn't be able to do the talking. It would be an egoic, please like me. I have to do it right. So you guys buy my stuff or I have to do it right. So that, you know, people don't not like whatever it is, right? 100%. Mary and I were literally just talking about this before you even hopped on. So I very much so see that. I do only have you for a few more minutes. So I'm going to try and squeeze a few more questions out of you here. The first one that I want to go to is how would our life, and when I say our, I'm referring to the collective community of this podcast. How would our life be different if we knew what you know? Oh man, I don't know. If you knew what I know, there's something about that question that makes me feel like, we're saying like, I know more than everybody. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the intention of it. Yeah. I'm sure you get that. Well, I would say instead of what I know, I would say, you know, find in your heart what the truth is so that you can align with what is coming out of my mouth that does work and doesn't. But like, I'm much more about knowing and I can feel in me and I know people can too, the vibrational reality of something that's the truth and something that's not right. Even the way we talk has it like, here's a sentence people say, and this can tie to an answer to this question too. But a sentence people say a lot when they have a hard time is deep down, I know everything's fine. So 
what you're saying is you're living in some shallow place that isn't deep down and defending staying there, right? But you don't get that deep down is actually you, right? So instead of saying deep down, everything's fine, you just say everything's fine. Right. And instead of seeing the deepest truth as this kind of summer home that you're looking in the window of in the world of you constantly being in your problem, live in the home of deep down, become the presence that you are. I mean, I'll tell you for me, one thing is I meditate a lot, you know, often two hours a day. And that causes me to connect to deep down. And then there's no more deep down. Everything's fine. It's just that's every passing challenge is like, that's not true. And it's not denialism. I can watch it go by like a cloud, but I'm just here the sky going, that's nice. So I guess one thing is when you find yourself in any challenge and you go deep down, I know everything's fine. My dare is to learn how to not look at that briefly as a passing place and then go back to living in the suffering world, but move into deep down and practice connecting with this space. This space is an actual tangible thing with billion dollar ideas and next steps and callings and everything. And we're so defensive of our problems and we don't care about what's here. We're like on an AM radio of problems. And meanwhile, Sirius XM is trying to play play all the stuff, but we're not listening to it or the space that it comes in. So connect to the space and be more excited about the space than defending your limitation because your limitation comes with connection. It comes with connection to other people that defend their limitation, all these other things. So you have to lose a lot of things, friends that don't align different things, you know, your old job when you connect to the higher thing. So everything's fine is actually true, not denialism. Become the fineness and the godness that's here and watch the world mirror what you just did. I love that pile. This has been absolutely incredible. I'm going to wrap this up with one last question. I really could keep going. If I did not have something that's preventing me from continuing this, this would like 100% keep going. And of course, obviously, out of respect for your schedule, I know that we were joking before about potentially doing round two. I think it's necessary. But if Kyle lives to whatever year he wants to live to, and just before I even ask that, I'm going to let everyone know that show notes will have websites, socials, programs, all of that good stuff. I'll make sure that I coordinate that with the team. We do only have a few more minutes before this runs up. I don't know why it's actually telling me that we're about to get kicked out. So I'm putting that out there. There's about two minutes. Kyle okay. lives to whatever year he wants to live to. He impacts as many people as much as, you know, whoever, however many people that is. But you could only be remembered for one piece of advice. I'm not mm-hmm. asking you how you want to be remembered. I'm asking what's the piece of advice that's like etched onto the tombstone? I don't know if you'll like this part of the answer, but I care less and less if I'm remembered because we're all forgotten eventually. Everything. That we are. Agreed. Even Beethoven will at one point not exist in our memory, right? The number one intention I have on the planet, so maybe this is the answer to that, what I hope I'm remembered for, is that I spent my life learning to discover what I truly am. I am more fascinated by what I truly am than what I can get, how many people I impact, how long I live even, because what I truly am, as long as God says you have, is better at doing those things. And I, you know, we can hire, you know, a lot of times we go, I want to get this many people impacted. I want to whatever. But I'm like, if a pattern's running the show, I can't do nearly as much as I can. If I undo the results, my attachment to them, I get very present. And I do everything that happens in my life is moving me towards what I truly am right? Everything. So if it seems like a bad thing, I learn stuff from it, let go and move more towards what I truly am. And if it's a good thing, then I'm getting the reward of seeing more of what I truly am. So learning what I truly am is the number one intention I have on the planet and everything else takes care of itself. I love that. Kyle, going to express gratitude before we get kicked out of this. So I wanted to say thank you so much for your wisdom, for you giving me 
advice here. I mean, I have literally a page full of notes I could literally show you. Very grateful for what you bring to the table, for what you put out into the world. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And thanks for being open to asking those questions and being here. 100%. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. That was awesome, Kyle. Um, Yeah, we're literally about to get kicked out. So I'm saying I'm saying bye now just in case it happens. But I want to I want to do round two. I'm going to reach out to the team. Even if it's not immediate, we'll, we'll figure that out. But before we go, I'm saying thank you again. You have just tuned into the Decoding Success podcast featuring our friend Kyle Cease. You could check Kyle out in the show notes of this episode, whether it be his membership programs that he talked about in this episode, whether it be socials, websites, any and everything in between. You could check Kyle out in the show notes. Make sure if you check him out on social or something, let him know that you heard him here on Decoding Success. I'm sure he would love to hear from you. Furthermore, there's a reason you're still listening to this episode, whether it be Kyle's wisdom, his experiences, anything that we amplified in this episode that has kept you around. And hey, maybe there's the slim chance that you're driving and you just haven't picked up your phone. But being that you are still tuned into this, I have to assume that you found this episode to be of value. So I'm going to urge you and ask you to share this episode. These episodes are totally free, but if there was a fee, it would be to make sure that you are sharing it with the people in your life because they too can find it of value. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.